Hello, 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 and welcome back to another witching half hour or so. It's me, your host, Jodi Ann. It's nice to see you, my little earbud Kevin. A few things before we kick off our episode today. I want to remind you that we are running a giveaway. That's right. It started on Imbolc. And to enter, you need to go over to my Instagram, which is at SpriteMateSoaps. You need to find the giveaway post, like it, follow me on Instagram, and tag a friend. It'll be so easy to find the post because it's just my podcast logo, Witching Half Hour or so. The giveaway is for one of my witchcrafted cold-pressed soaps and a little spa package to go along with it. And I also just want to thank everyone who's already followed me on Instagram, who's been over to my TikTok, who's subscribed to my beautiful little podcast. Thank you guys so much. You're really doing a lot to get this podcast out there and get it noticed. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Today's episode is going to have two different segments. The first segment is going to be a witchy 101 kind of segment. My second segment today is going to be my first book review. I read a lot of esoteric books. I have a whole shelf full of them. And I thought, well, why not give you guys a little bit of feedback on some of the books that I like, some of the books I'm using, so that when you're sifting through the catalogs, you have an idea of some new authors that you may not have sought out before. You know, I don't know. It's a book review. What else can I say? Let's get into this episode. One of the topics I wanted to talk about is the moon. You may all have noticed that this podcast tends to come out either on the full moon or the new moon. I did that intentionally, obviously, because like it's a witchy podcast. I wanted release dates that were kind of witchy, wooey, and neat. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the moon itself, right? I know that my audience has some newer little pagans and witchlings in it and some very nice experienced practitioners in it as well. I struggle with what to talk to you guys about because you're such an eclectic and vast, beautiful audience that I have. But in thinking of topics, it seemed really natural to talk about the moon, right? The moon has already come up once on the podcast, uh, mainly in my episode three with Shannon Brindrette. We talk a little bit about the moon and working with the moon and the water. So I thought we could talk about the moon today. She has got three different phases. And if you listen to my episode two on the triple goddesses, you know that those three phases correspond to the three goddesses maid, mother, and crone. Your new moon would correspond with the maiden, the full moon with the mother goddess, and the waxing moon with the crone. And all of you out there know what the waxing moon is. That's when the moon is getting bigger, right? And the waning moon is when it's getting smaller. Whenever you're doing magic, you, I mean, you don't have to correspond it to the moon, but it sure helps. You can plug into that energy that's already happening around you and use it to boost anything you're doing. The full moon is a great time to do magic work. She is full. She's reflecting everything. And what's interesting is she's kind of very much about reflecting and revealing. 
That's the energy of the full moon because you have the sun reflecting onto the moon. That's what lights are up, right? We all kind of know that. It's the sun lighting the moon because of orbits and everything. So that energy esoterically is all about reflection, looking inward, looking at the pieces of our emotions because the moon corresponds to our emotions that are sometimes hidden from us. Reflecting on those pieces and then, you know, honoring them. The full moon is a great time for gratitude work. I do a lot of gratitude work on the full moon. Now, the new moon, that's a little bit different energy because it's very much shadowy. So I wouldn't recommend anyone really new to this path to do any work on the new moon. Your spells and your magic can be a little bit unpredictable if you're doing it on the new moon. If you're not used to harnessing the energy of the moon, that's a tricky one to deal with. You're better off going with that first liver of light when you just first start to wax. And since the light is growing, that's the time of the month that you want to do uh, your seed planting, your manifestation work. Anytime that in that first quarter where the moon is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I find like two or three days after the actual new moon, when the moon is dark, that's the best time for that manifestation spell work. You just harness into that moon energy and you do your intention setting. Your waning moon, that's when your moon goes from full to little. That is a great time to do release work, right? As the moon is getting smaller, what you want to get rid of, what you're working on, your worry, your bad habit, whatever you want to do release work around, you can tap into that natural ebbing of energy and use that for your release work. And the last little thing I want to mention, this is something that not everyone is aware of. Now, the moon goes into this thing, well, regularly, not randomly, but quite regularly, and it's really good to check on it. The moon goes into what's called void of course. Now, what that means is relative to our position on Earth, because we know, right, like the sun never stops being the sun. The Earth never stops circling the sun and the moon never stops circling the Earth. And they all go constantly in the same direction, right? But relative to our position on the Earth, it will look as though the moon is not moving or as though it's kind of retrograding or going backwards. It doesn't really look quite backwards the way that Mercury retrograde or Venus retrograde looks. However, it does go what is called void, of course. During a moon void, of course, it's really not a great idea to do any real work. You do not want to be casting your beautiful circles. You do not want to be calling in your patron goddesses and gods to bless and, and work with you. It just sends out really erratic kind of stagnant energy. Will your spell not work? I don't know. I tend not to do the work on the void, of course. So, and I don't really want to experiment with putting something out there and then tracking how terrible it goes. I do keep track of everything in my book of shadows and where the moon is and what it's doing. I don't, I, I don't have records from before I knew about the moon being void, of course. If any of you are keeping really good records around your spell work and when you're casting it, 
see which ones work well and which ones don't and maybe cross-reference that with a moon void of course chart. What do you think? Do you think that would be something you could do? If any of you does do that, maybe, um, yeah, you could post, you know, post somewhere about that for us. You can drop me a line. I could read your little, your email if you want. I don't know. Just throwing it out there to all my little earbud coven because I'm here for us to all grow and, and work together, right? Okay, so the moon void, of course, try to avoid it. You end up basically with, I think, a spell void, of course, right? Because it doesn't quite know where to go. One of my go-to reference books is by Amy Blackthorne, and it is called Blackthorne's Botanical Magic, a green witch's guide to essential oils for spellcraft, ritual, and healing. So as you all know, I make soap, right? That's what the giveaway is about right now, too. And it's all under the name of Sprite Made Soap. If you haven't entered the giveaway on my Instagram for a lovely spa package by me, pause this recording right now and go to that. Because, like, I'll wait, okay? Okay. Sprite products are crafted by hand at my little hearth. My idea was to bring the beauty of ritual into our everyday lives in the form of ritual bathing, which is something that I do. Each ingredient I use in every batch is selected with the intention of the product in mind. So, like, my heart chakra soap is charged with rose quartz and olive leaf and beetroot botanicals. For those green and pink colors and essential oils that align with heart energies. Anyway, my thoughts were, why don't I do a book review on this book for you? I use it all the time and I just want you to know I don't have any connection to the author or anything like that. This is just my opinion because I use this book and I enjoy this book. So let's talk about why this book is great. First off, the layout is great. There's this really nice intro that invites you to enjoy your sense of smell and use essential oils as a muggle person or a practitioner. I like how Amy Blackthorne does this. See, essential oils and herbalism, it is a very big topic. And when I first started on my path, it was more than just a little intimidating for me. And I still find it a little bit overwhelming. The tone of this book it is so welcoming and inclusive to everyone, no matter where you are and what your background knowledge is. In the first few chapters, she spent some time going over the concept of sympathetic magic and introduces a few really kind of easy rituals any person could try. Chapters three, four, and five are an introduction to the art of working with essential oils and babies, it's an art. Okay, and you can totally tell that Amy Blackfawthorn absolutely has a passion for what she does. Her tone throughout this book is great. I find her to be really knowledgeable and all of the information is super easy to digest. Now, what I use this book for and where I spend most of my time is in chapter six. It's an alphabetical listing of essential oils under each entry is this beautiful array of useful information. She includes the common as well as the botanical name and the botanical family. 
For me, this is super helpful. I am often looking for substitutions or I'm building a recipe and I want multiple scents with similar vibes. You could go to the botanical family and you could like, I, I've done this. I've taken the information of what botanical family, the, the essential oil I'm working with that. And I kind of transferred this stuff to the idea of plants. Now, I don't know if that's like how the information is intended. Yeah, like lavender buds and lavender oil. You know, they have a very similar magical property, in my opinion. Again, my podcast, my opinion. If I'm wrong, let me know and, and I'll stand in humble correction. But I do think that the properties of, say, lavender buds, when you're burning them in your, you know, your your burning mix are very similar to the oil when you put it on your wrist, right? It's calming. Okay, I digress. I'm always digressing. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So the botanical name is included as well as the botanical family. So you can then go put that botanical family name into your Google search and you can find other related plants and then you can like cross-reference and look things up. Now, see, I do this because I use this book as a reference book when I'm building spells, when I'm building um, bath products, soap products. I dive into this. So I get a little bit um, nerdy when I'm in it. So the other thing she includes as well is physical information about the oil, like the scent, whether it's a, a top note or a base note, and the area of origin, where it comes from, how common it is, how difficult it would be to find. If you're a student of herbalism and aromatherapy, you could learn so much from the information Amy Blackthorn has included in this book. And then if you take it a step further and you are a student of esoteric practices, she includes a lot of other stuff as well that pertains to magical use. One of the things I am in love with is after she goes through the physical properties of the plants and like the the nerdy sciencey stuff she gets into the magical correspondences yes she does she lists all the planetary correspondence the elements deities associated with the oil and then a little bit of lore on every plant i love this part i remember things so much better when they're in a story so it's right there in there she gives you the background of the plant, the story, and then you can kind of understand more the associations of the elements and how that relates to the plant. It's a great learning tool. And she peppers these recipes throughout chapter six. So under each oil, there is a recipe for you, a little spell or an anointing oil or a blessing that you can use with that oil. A student of herbalism and aromatherapy can learn so much from all the information Amy has put in here. But then she's included all the esoteric stuff for us. Love it, love it, love it. Now, there are a few downfalls. Everything has its ups and downs. And in this book, what I would say is some of the herbs I want to look up are not in this. This is a basic compendium. It has a lot of common things in it, which is great because you could literally go to your pantry and find a lot of these things like pepper and cinnamon. You can also find them 
in a regular aromatherapy shop. You don't have to go to your wild and wonderful pagan shop. For me, though, that's the limit of this book. There are things that I would like to use, oils that I have in my collection of oils that are not listed. So for me, that's a bit of a bummer. Overall, though, the layout's very effective. You can look up everything alphabetically and go directly to that essential oil, or you can use the back reference. I didn't even mention the back reference. Oh my goodness, there's an, a reference at the back. It's like a recipe index. In it, it's like divided by what ails you. So are you looking for a blessing? Are you looking for mental focus? Are you looking for healing? Are you looking for banishing? Whatever your need is, it's listed there. It gives you the name of the oil blend or the little spell that's in there. And then the main ingredient. Right, So then you can flip to that main ingredient and find that spell. It's great. Great little appendix. There's a couple other appendixes I didn't mention either. She's got like a glossary of botanical terms in there. A little bit, a couple charts about photosensitive oils and oils you should avoid during pregnancy. Very important stuff. So like I said, this is a great book. Lots of information. It's in nice bite-sized pieces that are super easy to digest. And it's just, it's really pretty too to look at because there's like little drawings and illustrations of the, the plants in there. I would say that on my scale of one to five broomsticks, I'm going to give this book a four out of five broomsticks. Yeah, I think it's a book that anyone new on the path, as well as a seasoned practitioner like me, could get a lot out of, especially if you do not have space in your head to study herbalism and need a reference book that's great and quick to use. Because like I said, that's what I use it for. So that is my book review on Amy Blackthorne's Botanical Magic, The Green Witch's Guide to Essential Oils for Spellcrafting, Ritual, and Healing. I think that's all I have to say. I don't think I have to give you the publisher. Yeah. Maybe in the show notes, I'll put a link to it somehow. I'll definitely take a picture of the cover and give that to you. And then maybe somehow I can link you, link into Amy Blackthorne's page. So if you wanted to, you could buy it from her. Right? Okay. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Please head on over to my YouTube channel. It is called Tarot Talks. I am on Instagram as Sprite Made Soaps. I am on TikTok as Sprite Made Soaps. You can find links to get a reading with me at www.jodianpsychicmedium.com. It has links to all the things I'm doing as well. It's been lovely spending this time with you in your earbuds, my beautiful ones, and I hope to catch up with you soon. Feel free to message me, drop me a DM, hang out with me, give me some feedback. I'm really excited to be doing this, and I hope to see you soon for another witching half hour or so.
What else was I going to tell you about the moon? Let's see, what's in my notes? This is a, oh god, what a ramble this is. Down a rabbit hole I go. Oh, my battery's running low. Oh gosh, okay, I'm just having a little shot. Should I try to drive it on? Oh.